This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. I'm Stuart Varney. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Brian Kilmeade, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. One Republican's loss is another's GOP gain. No primary race may have had more of former President Trump's attention than Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney's. And while he celebrated her loss, will he be celebrating in November? I think when the dust settles on the midterm elections, I think Republicans are going to have a good night. Even if Republican hopes remain high, Democrats seem re-energized ahead of midterms. There's been a real sea change in the last few weeks in terms of American politics. I'm Dave Anthony. The new law that aims to fight climate change is trying to get us to switch from the pump to the socket with revised tax credits to buy electric cars. But it may be that there are very few of these vehicles initially that qualify uh, for the tax incentive. And I'm Robert Jeffress. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. As primary season will soon wrap up, a through line throughout the spring and summer has been which of President Trump's endorsed picks won. Most did. There were exceptions, like in Georgia, but all in all, most of those Trump-backed went on to win their primaries, none more notable than this week's winner in the Wyoming congressional primary, Harriet Hageman. Her win meant Liz Cheney's loss. Cheney, who served as vice chair of the January 6th Select Committee, saw the writing on the wall, conceding an uphill battle before Tuesday. She told her supporters after losing, they must be clear-eyed about the threat they face. I have said since January 6th, that I will do whatever it takes to ensure Donald Trump is never again anywhere near the Oval Office, and I mean it. After the election, Trump said Cheney should be ashamed. He mocked the January 6th committee and said now Cheney can disappear into political oblivion. That is unlikely to happen. She filed with the FEC to transfer her campaign cash to a new PAC and had hinted about a possible 2024 presidential run. The morning after her loss, though, she was asked straight out on NBC if she was thinking about running. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I, uh, I'm thinking about and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. While Cheney's future may be up in the air, it's also up in the air for many Republicans as the real test of former President Trump's endorsement power will be in November. Ben Dominic the host of the Ben Dominich podcast on Fox News, told our Fox News radio primary coverage Tuesday night, Trump may have dominated the primaries, but... the end of the day, if he is not able to deliver a majority when it comes to uh, the U.S. Senate, I think that that will be held against him. I think that, you know, there are plenty of people in Washington who would be happy to say, oh, well, Donald Trump picked all these people and they ended up being losers. Uh, Mitch McConnell, chief among them. And, and so I think that that's something that we have to keep in mind. In the case of Trump, 10 House Republicans voted to impeach him after January 6th. And while four announced they were retiring, the other six went on. Just two survived their primaries. Cheney was the last to face a primary test. And with polling heading into Tuesday showing her far behind, the loss wasn't a surprise. There's never been before a political race with so much attention focused on it when the results were so preordained 
and the die had been cast long ago. Colin Reed is a Republican strategist and founder of South and Hill Strategies. And I think Congresswoman Cheney made the calculation long ago that this was a fight worth waging. Uh, she did it her way till the end. Uh, the outcome was never in doubt, and nor is the, the seat staying red in November um, in doubt. And the midterm elections are 82 days away, and there's going to be a Republican representative from Wyoming in the next Congress. Uh, but then once the midterms are over, the real show begins and the 2024 horse race kicks off in earnest. And I think there's a lot of folks who are chomping at the bit for that to happen and are dying to extrapolate themes and narratives and breadcrumbs from results of primaries over the summer. Yeah, a great segue because uh, Liz Cheney herself, I think we can I think it's safe to say she's even hinted um, that she might run. What do you make of that? Is, would she just be like a roadblock to a, a possible Trump candidacy or does she really think she could win a Republican primary? Well, in, in a lot of ways, it's too early to see how the Republican primary field is going to shape up. We'll have the midterms and then the various lanes will become forming and candidates will decide which lane they want to try and drive in. I believe there will be someone who tries to occupy a lane that is expressly opposed to the former president and someone who is making the case for a new direction, whether that's occupied by Congresswoman Cheney, Governor Hogan. It feels like every few months over the last 18 months, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. There's been times when it looks like the party's ready to move on. There's been incumbents like I think back to Georgia, folks like Governor Brian Kemp and yeah. Secretary of State uh, Brad Raffensperger, who survived tough primaries uh, and, and, and showed a willingness to buck the party line. And then there's been folks, many of the incumbents who uh, voted to impeach uh, President Trump in the House. I think that number is down to two out of 10 will be in the next Congress. So uh, there, there's a lot of moving pieces. But fundamentally, I believe it's a, it's a bit early to be extrapolating big themes uh, for 2024 when we've still got a midterm race uh, just 82 days away. Colin, what do you make of the FBI going to Mar-a-Lago and this this fight over documents Trump supposedly kept at his house? I mean, does it help him? Does that remain to be seen based on what's found or even if the FBI and DOJ say, look, we found incredibly sensitive material, do most Republicans just see him as persecuted and anything that makes Trump look like he's been targeted is a political gift? Well, in the immediate short term, this was definitely a political sugar high for former President Trump because it forced his Republican, even his potential rivals to rush to his defense. That was in the immediate aftermath of the raid. As we learn more and more, that picture becomes a little cloudier. Uh, Republicans were very strident and vehement in their uh, prosecution of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified information. Mm -hmm. And they need to be careful that they apply that same set of standards uh, to someone who belongs on their side. I also do believe it's a challenge and it's, it's, it's a dangerous precedent for Republicans to get too far over their skis uh, on some of these defunding the FBI themes you've heard out there. And I think it's a mixed bag right now, uh, but the insertion of classified documents uh, into the mix uh, certainly complicates the political picture. And Colin, everyone's talking right about the power of Trump in these primaries, his endorsed candidates um, for the most part of one. It certainly tells us a lot about where the GOP is at. But what really matters, right, is how these candidates do in November uh, with independents, suburban parents, Latinos in some cases. What happens if his candidates do not do well, especially in some of these like very easy to follow high profile Senate races? You know, what does the Republican Party do after that? Well, the other challenge for Republicans going into the midterms is in a midterm election, particularly with an incumbent president such as Joe Biden's approval rating as low as it is. 
You just want the entire election to be a referendum on his performance in office. When voters go to vote, you want them thinking only, do I like what's happened the last two years under this president? Uh, But right now, you turn on the TV, you open a newspaper, it's almost as if Donald Trump is still president. The news cycle is still so much on him, and that creates a different dynamic. And look, the House uh, make dynamic has never really been in in play. Uh, It's always been fairly safe bet that Republicans will take it over. In the Senate, mixed bag. Our candidates uh, need to be doing better. They need to be raising more money. They're running in tough states. And these Republicans need to be doing everything they can to hold the Biden administration to account and not get bogged down uh, with relitigating the the, the past. On on that note, Colin, we do see some reporting finally that the national Senate Republican campaign is, is canceling ad buys in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona. Senate GOP fundraising, as you know, has not been stellar. We see Democrats losing those special elections in Nebraska and Minnesota districts, but by far less than expected. Even in this inflationary environment, are we talking about a smaller red wave? And if we are, then why? Yeah, I would caution against reading too much into those shifting television buys, at least in August. In October, it might be a different story. But right now, I think folks are shifting pieces around the chessboard and trying to make the best sense they can. But it's, it's undeniable that some of these races in the Senate side have not gone as Republicans would have hoped thus far. And it speaks to the need to have strong candidates. So... Look, I think when the dust settles on the midterm elections, I think Republicans are going to have a good night. It remains to be seen how how great it is. Now, on the other side of the aisle, some recent polling shows Democrats may be newly energized. The general landscape has tightened, with many surveys showing voters evenly split between the parties when it comes to congressional midterm candidates. And Fox News senior political analyst Juan Williams says Democrats are paying attention to all the talk of a red wave, former President Trump, and talk of Cheney possibly mounting a presidential bid, though he says she would have little appeal to Democrats and even some independents. She said her work is far from over. And in that regard, I think you can anticipate she would launch a candidacy in the Republican Party and potentially be on the stage to debate a Donald Trump and call him out and call out others who were election deniers. And she would make for a fiery presence on such a debate stage. Juan, what do you think of Alaska? A Democrat, Mary Peltola, was leading in the vote count Wednesday in that special election for the late Congressman Don Young's seat. Uh, if Alaska went with a, a Democratic representative after being represented by Young since 1973, and he's a Republican, what would that mean, especially in light of Senator Murkowski being ahead of, of the Trump back challenger in the primary? I should be careful to note that vote tallies are not final yet in Alaska as I ask that question. Right. But I think, again, what we're seeing is that the Democrats are having a resurgence and Alaska. Boy, that's that's a Republican state for the longest time. And a few weeks ago, if we were talking, Jessica, I would have said to you, it looks like a red wave is coming. Now, I would have to say, look, I think things have changed substantially with the Biden winning streak, uh, with the Supreme Court ruling on abortion and I think that you have to consider the ongoing troubles that Trump is having. Now the Democrats have some hope in the House, and they actually, given the poor quality of candidates being nominated by uh, Republicans for Senate seats, I think that you'd have to say the Senate looks like it could remain in Democrat hands. So there's been a real sea change in the last few weeks in terms of American politics. 
Juan, what are your thoughts regarding the political implications following the FBI search of Trump's home for these for these documents? Is it a political win? Is it going to end up actually harming him if something's found? Even if something's found, does his base just say he's being unfairly persecuted? If you had to read some tea leaves here, I, I know it's maybe a little early, but where's your head at on what the FBI and DOJ is doing uh, at Mar-a-Lago? Well, let's talk politics. And the politics of it are fascinating. Because you would think that if somebody said, hey, what about Hillary Clinton's emails? Lock her up. You would think if then if that person was in a similar situation, it would be highly damning for them and that their supporters might say, hey, you're a hypocrite. But that's not what's happening, Jessica. What's happening is that Donald Trump appears to be rallying his base in the face of the idea that he's the victim of the Justice Department, the Biden administration, maybe potentially saying, oh, they're going after me. He's made himself into a victim. It feeds into the whole sort of notion of grievance on the part of Republicans against a Democratic elite. So it looks like this has benefited Trump in the short run. It is not necessarily good news for Republicans going into those midterms to have this be the focus of the news coverage. That does not help in terms of spurring Democratic turnout, and turnout is everything in midterms. Um, But, you know, the fact that Donald Trump remains the primary political figure, not only in the Republican Party, Jessica, but I would argue if you read American newspapers, websites, watch Fox News, you'd say, wait a minute, everything seems to be about Donald Trump, even when President Biden says he just signed a major piece of legislation heading towards the future, dealing with climate change, lowering prescription drug prices. All the headlines are about Trump and this FBI raid. Um, When you think of it in those terms, you just have to say to yourself, you know what, we may be living in the political age of Trump, and it's all about pro-Trump, anti-Trump, Trump defying the Republican Party. It seems like that's the story. I don't know that you or I can change it, but that's the reality. Juan Williams, thank you so much for your time. Thanks again, Jessica. Sick of the one-size-fits-all method when it comes to healthcare, especially when it comes to your ED treatment? Well, good news. Now you've got options with Hims. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatments such as chewable mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for less. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you for free. No insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time to join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com rundown. That's H-I-M-S dot rundown for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash rundown. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. This is Robert Jeffress with your Fox News commentary. Coming up... 
When President Biden signed the law that will either reduce inflation or increase it, depending on who you ask, he hailed it as the most aggressive action ever, 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 ever in confronting the climate crisis. The president says the law will lead to solar factories in the Midwest and the South, wind farms across the plains and off our shores clean hydrogen projects, and more all across America. It'll also incentivize us to switch to renewable energy at home and buy an electric car, which many have considered since gas prices hit a record five bucks a gallon in June. But while you save not filling up, you pay plugging in. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Republican Congressman Thomas Massey also tells Fox... An electric car uses 25 times as much as a refrigerator. And the average electric car costs $20,000 more than gas guzzlers. But the new law changes the tax credits we get. The hope by the administration is that these new incentives will spur more people to purchase an electric vehicle and get off fossil fuels. Jeff Flock is a Fox Business Network correspondent. The previous incentives expired uh, for both General Motors vehicles and Tesla vehicles. It had been a $7,500 tax credit. Uh, That went away because they sold the maximum amount of vehicles under the previous bill. This now opens it wide open again for more tax credits for EVs. But there are a lot of restrictions now. You know, the old bill provided tax credits to even if you bought a very expensive car, even if you were extremely wealthy, you still got the tax credit. And a lot of people charge that, why are we subsidizing the purchases uh, for wealthy people? Uh, So this new bill uh, puts a cap on the price of the cars, first of all. Trucks can only be $80,000 or less. Cars, $55,000 or less. And then if you make too much money, you also don't get the credit. For single filers, it's $150,000 a year. And uh, for joint filers, 300000 The number one electric vehicle in the United States is Tesla by far. I mean, it's what, something like three out of four electric cars that are sold in the U.S. are Teslas. But there aren't that many Teslas that would be falling into this new category of incentives, right? Well, curiously enough, actually, most of the Teslas likely would. The high-end ones would not. Okay. And that's a real break for Tesla because, as I said, those previous credits had expired, so nobody was getting a credit anymore, at least from the federal government, for buying a Tesla. Now they will, again, provided other uh, you know, requirements are met. It's got to be assembled in the U.S., which largely Teslas are. And also, there can't be any, um, you know, there has to be a certain percentage, 40% of the mineral for the batteries have to come from the U.S. starting in 2023. That's going to be a real problem. It may be that there are very few of these vehicles initially that qualify uh, for the tax incentive. Okay, all right. So this is sounding kind of hard to know what to buy. I mean, because I saw a list. There's a list that for this year you could get a Chevy Bolt or maybe a Cadillac Lyric, the Ford F-150, the Mustang Mach-E, the Nissan Leaf, which has had plummeting sales, and some of those Teslas and, and Rivian. Is that how I pronounce it? Rivian? Is that right? Uh, Rivian Trucks, yes. Okay. Yeah, the new truck maker based in Illinois. Correct. All right, but there are more electric cars on the market than those. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, as I said, they've now got to be assembled, final assembly in the U.S., and that just blows, you know, a lot of vehicles out. The Hyundai Ioniq, uh, the, all the Volvo EVs, Kia's EV6, um, multiple other ones will not qualify. And it'll be incumbent upon those manufacturers maybe to either start making them in the U.S. or they're going to probably seed market share to U.S. companies. And the administration would point to that as a positive in the bill is that this is, you know, friendly for U.S. companies and U.S. mineral purveyors. Uh, they want to take the bat out of China's hands because, as you know, now most of the battery minerals come from places like China and Russia. And that's not something that they want to have happen go forward. Right. But how realistic is it to ramp up production as quickly as the bill would have us doing? in order to qualify for uh, these numbers. Not not soon, not realistic to do it as soon. The bill does uh, put these requirements in in a stepped fashion. For example, 40% of, uh, of the minerals uh, starting next year, then the following year, 50%, then the following year, 60%. So okay. it ramps up, and the, the hope is that the manufacturers will start to get on board, start to assemble more cars here, and start to uh, have more of the minerals in the batteries come from here as opposed to places that uh, that aren't favorable to the U.S. All right. So basically, someone who wants to buy an electric car in the next year is going to have to really do their homework, maybe even have to go dealer to dealer to ask if they get qualified, right? That is in part correct. The government is going to, by the start of 2023, they tell us, put out, you know, easy to follow instructions and even a list, perhaps, of the vehicles that qualify, that are made in the U.S., that have the right percentages of battery minerals um, and that have prices low enough to qualify. So so $7,500, is that still the amount that you get as a credit? That is correct. Yes. Okay. And... That was something that you had to file on. That's changing, too, right? You get that at the point of sale in the future? You could buy a car and not owe any taxes, but you still get the tax credit money back. Um, so that's another you know, plus if you, uh, if you like incentives on EVs. Now, there are also incentives for used electric vehicles, right? Yeah, that's the other thing that's uh, kind of interesting in this is that they've now uh, incorporated uh, incentives on used vehicles, which had not been done before. The The limits there are the the vehicle must be at least two years old because they don't want people flipping these things around. Right. Um, but at least two years old, it must be the sale price must be uh, less than twenty five twenty five thousand dollars or less. Uh, and the incentive is not as large. It's a maximum, I believe, of uh, four thousand dollars for joint. Filers. Right. And I think the, the income limits are lower, if I'm not mistaken. Like you, That is correct. They also are like half or something. It, uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, exactly. I think it is $75,000 for single filers. We caught up with Jeff Flock at an EVGO charging station in Wynwood, Pennsylvania, outside Philadelphia. Finding places to plug in is an issue. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says they've made a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Many of these cars can only go two or 300 miles on a charge. The main reason that people don't buy EVs, if you, if you don't have one, the reason that people give, in fact, uh, 
AAA did a survey some years ago and found that well over half of the people who didn't buy an EV did it because they had what they call range anxiety, which is the thought that yeah. you might run out of juice and not be You're stranded, to, right? You're stuck. It. Exactly. The curious thing is when they do the survey again for people that actually have an EV, uh, they find that uh, I think uh, a recent survey again by AAA found that 95% of people say they've never run out of charge. 77%, three quarters, said that they are less anxious now about that, now that they actually have the vehicle. And 96% of those surveyed said, yeah, they'd buy another vehicle. They don't have any problem with range anxiety anymore. Now, where I live, right near me at the mall, is a big line of these Tesla charging stations. But again, that's just Tesla. The people that don't own a Tesla but have a Ford or whatever, another one of these EVs, they have to find a station, and that can be difficult to do. And then there have been some stories lately that at some of these places, like where you are, some of these machines don't work, and then what do you do? Exactly. And it's a real issue. There are multiple apps now out there to help you with this. But I'll tell you, if you just search EV chargers on your Google Maps or your Apple Maps, a number of them come up, because I've done this, uh, that say there's a charger there, and you go, and there's no charger there, and it's a building, or it's uh, one that never got built, or, you know, so it is, uh, it is an issue. What about at home? That's another issue. People want to know, how am I going to get this charged at, at home? Do I plug it into the wall? What do I need to get? Well, there's there's multiple ways to go. A Tesla does a supercharger in the ha- in, in the home. You have to have that installed, uh, and that costs some money to both have it installed as well as to purchase it. You can also use the if you have like a dryer or an air conditioning system that has the 220 line. You can hook up to the 220 line. That's not as fast as the supercharger, but it's faster than going into the wall. And that's your third option. Just plug it into your regular old extension cord. That can sometimes, to get a full charge on some vehicles, can take a day or a day and a half to get that full charge with that tr- what they call a trickle charge. The, the, the dryer line, the 220 line, can often do it overnight. The fast charger does it, you know, in, in a matter of hours. So most people do charge their vehicles at home. So what is the expectation a couple of years, five years, 10 years down the road for the EV market in the U.S.? Uh, Well, well, what now? At about 4%, I think. Uh, And, you know, it it sometimes doubles. It's, you know, there's such a small number of them out there. Here's what some people have raised as a concern, specifically Elon Musk, who uh, you would think wouldn't be uh, making this point, but... Right, they had a Tesla uh, himself, right. Exactly. Uh, And he is concerned that there's enough electric infrastructure in the country to provide, if we really get a boom in AVs, that there's enough of uh, the ability to produce enough electricity to make sure these vehicles all uh, have enough juice. I mean, uh, building the infrastructure for the charging stations, they feel like they're on the way with that. We got to make sure we've got enough electricity, period, because, as you know, this past summer, hot summer, uh, some electric companies around the country have, you know, concerns about having enough juice to be able to get to their customers because of high prices of natural gas, which is what is used to uh, generate the majority of the electricity in this country. So um, there is that concern. If you get too fast a ramp up, do you have enough juice out there in the environment in order to, to meet the need? It sounds like uh, there is a lot more work to be done. 
That's the big fear. And of course, you know, that's what the guys with the, that rented the horses and buggies that said about the, uh, about the car, you know, you're not going to find a, a gas for that car out there. You better take the horse with you. And others, Hey, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's the way it goes someday uh, that we'll look back fondly and say, Oh, you know, we shouldn't have worried about that or everything goes to heck. Jeff Flock, Fox Business Correspondent out in Pennsylvania at an EVgo charging station. Great to talk to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Dave. Thank you. What it is, I'm going to level with you guys. Getting old sucks. One day you wake up and you just don't feel like yourself. Low energy, feeling cranky. Believe it or not, fellas, even problems in the bedroom. I know. Turns out these symptoms are a result of our lower testosterone. Now there's a solution. Nugenics Total Tea made with a powerful testosterone booster. Nugenics Total Tea ignites the fire inside of you and you get to feel like your old self again. With hundreds of five-star reviews from real customers like myself, Nugenics Total Tea really works. The product is now new and improved with Tesnar, a testosterone-boosting extract that increases vitality, adds stamina, and wipes out everyday fatigue. Get back to a better you with Nugenics Total Tea. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text Tyrus, T-Y-R-U-S, to 231-231. Text now and we'll add in a bottle of Nugenics Thermal X, our most powerful fat incinerator on the house just text tyrus to 231-231 that's nugenics total t and nugenics thermal x on us just pay shipping and handling texting enrolls you into a reoccurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply from the fox news podcasts network in these ever-changing times you can rely on fox news for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time listen and download now at fox news podcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts rate and review the fox news rundown on apple podcasts or wherever you listen it's time for your fox news commentary robert jeffress what's on your mind the public schools in america used to be a place where christian values were taught the bible was read and prayers were welcomed this was not something forced upon people by a law it was ingrained in the habits of the american heart When people love God and His Word, they will naturally want to teach it to their children. You don't need me to tell you that the situation has changed dramatically. Over the last 60 years, there's been a concerted effort by secularizing forces and an activist Supreme Court to scrub Christianity and the Bible from the education of children. In the case of Washington football coach Joseph Kennedy, the Bremerton School District and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals continued this anti-religious agenda. Coach Kennedy is a military veteran, a high school football coach, and a committed Christian. He simply wanted to give God thanks after each football game by taking a knee and saying a prayer. The school district said this couldn't be allowed because it would create an establishment of religion. Apparently, secularism is so fragile, it would all come toppling down if a single public employee said a prayer where people might see. You can be a Christian at home or in church, but once you go into public or come within view of children, you have to act and speak like an atheist. The Supreme Court brought some sanity this summer when they ruled in favor of Coach Kennedy. 
Writing for the majority, Justice Neil Gorsuch said the school district's arguments presented a false choice based on a flawed premise. He wrote, A government's entity's concerns about phantom constitutional violations do not justify actual violations of an individual's First Amendment rights. American government entities do not have a duty to suppress religious observances. The Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates that kind of discrimination. The majority of the justices quoted an earlier opinion reaffirming that teachers and students do not shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. This is a tremendous victory defending religious liberty. It's good not just for coaches, but for every public employee, every school district, and our entire society when people can pray publicly. No legal ruling can bring back the Christian culture America once enjoyed. Only a spiritual revival can do that. But legal rulings can keep the space open for God's people to openly practice their faith. So I want to encourage you, wherever you are, to pray. Speak to God. Pour out your requests before Him and invite others to join you. Conservative lawyers and justices have done their part in protecting your right to pray. Now we need to do our part by exercising that right. I believe that God can soften the hearts of Americans who are more polarized than ever before. That is what our deeply divided nation needs. And it all begins with a simple but revolutionary act, prayer. This is Robert Jeffress for Fox News. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.